See, I feel like I keep coming in and out, but. No, I can hear you constantly through the mic. You sound amazing. You sound really great. And I'm just like, oh, see, trying to get this you, right. <laughs> You've got, because, see, I keep hearing myself come in and out. And when you are right on top of the microphone, yeah. you sound great. <laughs> but you can, I feel like you can be out in the hallway and I'd still be able to hear you clear as, really? clear as day. Okay. But well, anyways. Let's get talking. Hello and welcome to Get Real. My name is Josh Morgan, aka the Renovating Realtor. And I'm Gavin Townsend, longtime real estate investor with a background in education in the arts turned licensed sale professional. We're two realtors in the Western New York area who love talking all things real estate. We cover a wide variety of topics with an aim to educate and entertain you. No matter your role as a buyer, seller, investor, enthusiast, or another real estate professional. You can trust that we're always going to be upfront and honest no matter what topic we're discussing. So listen up and get ready to, to get, get real. This is season one, episode Six. Yay. This is going to be a life, a day in the life of a real estate professional. Yeah. Um, and I think if, if anyone, it speaks to that theme today. Today's been an example of that. It's like um, we plan and the universe laughs. I think that's exactly <laughs> it. You know, and it, it's just you try to make a plan, you write it all out, and you put it on a piece of paper and you just kind of. You, you take those two corners of that paper and then you just bring your hands together. You, yep. you crush it all up and you that's throw right. that right in the garbage. And that's much <laughs> like being a real estate sales professional in many ways. Not not trying to cast a negative tone to it, but you have to expect the unexpected. No, but in professions like this and others, you're dealing with outside people. Mm-hmm. And so out, outside people, as much as, as much as we try to communicate, as much as we try to control things, there are a lot of things that are outside of our control. Yep. And so we have to roll with those punches. We have to make it work. Work, and we have to kind of be able to, as what is it, friends, pivot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pivot. You yes. got you got to be able to make that turn really quick, and you still have to make it happen because sometimes we don't have the convenience of well, we'll just get to that next week. Right. Week is a lot of time. Yes, it is. In, too in much a, time in a real estate transaction. But before we really get too far into it, I really wanted to, you know speak to where we are. Yeah. Gavin. Because a good segue is as in show business and in the arts, the show must go on. Always. So where are we today, Josh? So we're podcasting and broadcasting from the Go Art Podcast Studio. And Woo-hoo! if you guys do not know about Go Art, you do need to check it out. So the address is 201 East Main Street in Batavia, New yes. York. And this facility is awesome. And they have a great group of people working here and supporting this facility and making it run. And they have this cool area here that allows for... Uh, broadcasting and arts and, you know, audio production. Yes. They have a dedicated podcast studio that um, Bob Knipe, um, um, not with us any longer, amazing community member that everybody knows and loves, um, was instrumental in setting this up and actually uh, left um, some funds um, after his passing to help support this facility. It's incredible. And so under Gregory Halleck's the executive director of Genesee Orleans uh, Regional Arts Council. Um, he's the executive director. Under his direction, they are 
kind of pumping this up and, and making it accessible to everybody in the community to use it. It's grant funded. Guys, get in here. This is an amazing facility. Yeah, actually, they won an award for the Genesee County Chamber this year too, right? Yes, they did. What was that award? Service award. The service award, because yes. Because they do so many things here. I mean, it's all types of, of arts. It's not just the visual arts. It's performing arts. They have an amazing, the bar 2.0 downstairs. Yeah. Um, in fact, Danielle and I are going to do a fundraiser next Friday, the 31st from 6 to 9 to support Go Art. Danielle Rotundo and myself, we be doing a celebrity bartender challenge, speakeasy style. Yeah. Um, and we're going to feature the entertainment of Jimmy Legs Trio featuring our own Frank Menudo from Hunt Real Estate and his jazz Latin fused uh, trio. So we're going to have a great time and raise more funds for this amazing arts community. Yeah, this is something, you know, the arts are always maybe underserved, right? And Absolutely. Underfunded. And so I really think this is an important thing for people to come out and check out because, you know, everybody, sometimes I hear the lament that there's nothing to do no, here. Please, there's so something to do here. And, you know, and there is, but maybe it's just you're not in tune so much with your own community. And that's not to anybody's fault. It's just you don't know where to look. But uh, we have this podcast, we have this platform, and yeah. we're doing this to, uh, one, you know, promote ourselves, but also promote the community in which we live in. Absolutely. It's and so important. That's because right. Because we are part of the community and we want to breathe life into the community. And so it's really important that you speak to the places that you are, that are around you. Every single time, because it, it's all about our quality of life here and our culture here. Yeah. And um, I think Gregory said recently at the Chamber Awards that, you know, it's kind of like GoArt, um, specifically our building here in Batavia, is like the best kept secret. That he doesn't want it to be a secret. And none of that staff that works so hard wants it to be a secret. So get in here, support it. And we're just scratching the surface today of utilizing their podcast studio. That's state of the art. And it's really cool. Yeah. And so just like, uh, I know you have a, you listen to another podcast called hustle humbly and they, yes, they, I do. they love to say, don't be a secret yeah. realtor. Yes. Don't be a secret realtor. Let people know. Uh, likewise, we have to let people know what there is to do in this community because if people want to live in this community, they also want to, uh, work and play in this community as well. Absolutely. And so this is a space, this is a building that really offers those things. Um, and they offer a lot. And, you know, just to, on the real estate side of things, just some some facts, historic facts about the building. This was actually a bank, the Bank of Genesee building back in the 1830s. Uh, after it was the Bank of Genesee building, it was the Batavia Club building. Uh, so, and then around in 1886, they occupied the building. And then after that, it was the Seymour Place for Go Art. And yeah. so, and now here we are, it is still the Seymour Place for Go Art. They do a lot of things. So this is a federal style building. It's very it's beautiful, historic in its um, in its construction, uh, and also too some things about Go Art. They have you know, and they work to apply for grants so that they can support the arts throughout the community. And they've also gifted or granted uh, over one million dollars to community projects. So they're really doing a lot of good in the community. They do a lot with with little resources and it's really a testament to Gregory Halleck's vision and his hard work and his staff's hard work. They have turned this around. It's incredible what they've done. And I think a lot of people, you know, especially you working artists out there, no matter what your media is, they have this incredible refunding program. So, you know, get in here, check this out. It's not just about visual arts, it's about performing arts. It's unbelievable the offerings they have here. Do you know they have a comedy club here? Um, they host facil they host events here, et cetera. It's just a really amazing um, space and amazing 
organization and they're always coming up with new ideas. So if you want to volunteer, you want to get involved, you want to see what our community is all about, this is one of those uh, places it's really important to be involved with. So that's a long intro, but I think it's necessary. <laughs> I think it's necessary. It is true. And and I will say, you know, in, in terms of the building, it's stunning. And Go Art, you know, unlike like a lot of other um, regional arts councils, they own this building. They're also responsible for it. So yeah. that's not always the case. And there's a very storied past with this building. So um, some of you out there listening, you might have actually been a member of the Batavia Club back in the day. Um, and so I know you've got some good stories. There, there are some ghosts that um, live in the building as well. I did hear that. Oh, yeah. So they're part of the, the ghost tours that um, come out through the community as well. So our, our shameless plug for Go Art, please support the arts. Please support Go Art. And if we can help connect you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Excellent. So now we're going on to, so this is a day in the life of a realtor, and I don't think uh, it would be right unless we kind of talked about some demographics of who these re- who are realtors. And I found it very interesting that I was researching these just before we were recording, and realtors are particularly predominantly women. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah. The typical realtor, um, you know, according to the NAR stats is that it's a 56 year old woman, usually a white female who attended college and is currently a homeowner. So I like to say that I'm atypical. I'm not 56 yet. So no, <laughs> but far I think from the it. demographics are changing. And I think that's what's exciting about our field. So, you know, I think one thing that people don't realize is that we are independent contractors, typically when you're working for a brokerage. Yep. So you're, you're your own boss, you're your own business. And so that's really attractive to a lot of people. So I'm seeing that demographic change. It's really exciting. It's very empowering. And I think the more variety and the more diversity we have in our field, the more people that we are serving. And that's what it's all about. Well, and I think some anecdotal evidence to support the imperial evidence here is that you know a couple people have contacted me about hey I'm interested in this and they were women yeah they they were women I you know and they were really interested in what I was doing and how it goes and what is it like what is it like to be a realtor so this is kind of what prompted that and to let everybody know what exactly do we do yeah. we do not just post a sign at the house and do a little dance. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think a lot of people think, oh, money driven. How awesome. I love houses. I love HGTV. I love looking at houses. Those might be all um, some compelling reasons for why. I know that when our branch director interviews agents and when I'm working with folks and I'm a mentor, as Josh knows, you know, I want to know what else your why is, because it's not just about the houses. It's about relationship development, project management, um, uh, chaos control. You need to be a marketing expert. You need to be a financial expert. And if you're not an expert in those things, you're going to learn those skills. It's all encompassing. It never one day is it the same. It changes constantly. Um, it's a constant education. So if you, if that sounds something that's interesting to you, that you're always learning, you're always changing, you're always responding, you're being proactive and reactive at the same time, and you love working with people in the public, and you love being on call 24-7, and you like working for yourself and being your own boss, yeah. then that's what this is about. So just a little plug for Gavin. Gavin is a, an amazing mentor. That's nice of Josh uh, to say. It, well, it's necessary because, you know, you really, I've been in, in the investor sphere and the property sphere, but I have not been on the forward-facing retail side of things selling real estate. And to come on this side and to try to navigate my way through these transactions has been confusing, uh, difficult at times, somewhat uh, just lost, you know, counterintuitive at times. What do I do? (laughs) You know, where you want to speak is where you 
want to hold your tongue and where you want to hold your tongue is where you actually need to speak. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm afraid of offending people or sure. saying the wrong thing and lose the deal for my client because that's really who I'm working for. They hired me to either sell or get them a house. And so yeah. if I, if I make a, a faux pas or a gaffe, you know, and just say the wrong thing, someone gets angry and they're like, you know what? We're not dealing with you anymore. (laughs) And such is the um, privilege and the risk inherent to being your own boss and running your own business. And so I think people need to understand that. I think at the end of the day, we also have to understand that we're all human beings. This is very much a relational human based um, sector still. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have the advent of technology. There's a lot of technology. And if you're in the industry now, you know, and if you've been in there decades and you're a veteran agent that... You're getting a little left behind if you're not really employing technology in some way, shape, or form. I'm not saying just because it's there, you should do it. You should do what works for you. But I also, at the end of the day, it's leveraging that technology to leverage what is inherent to the business, which is your sphere of influence, your connections, your people, and your ability to want to help people. Money's great. Let's not lie. We're all about making a business and making a living and and putting bread on the table, but... You've got to want to be able to bend over backwards in some cases. You have to also at the same time know when to have a hard line on things, be in control of your clients. That sounds like that's not fair, but sometimes you have to say, listen, I have to come at this in an objective um, perspective for you, and I'm your guidance at the end of the day, Mr. Buyer, Mr. Seller, you're the boss, I work for you, but I wouldn't be doing you a service if I didn't use my years of experience and what I'm seeing to inform your decision making. Um, You're a guy. You're a counselor. Uh, If you talk to any real estate agent, they're going to say, oh my goodness, I I have a degree in psychology after all of this. Um, You are family. You are friends. And I think Josh and I both have that sentiment that we're so fortunate to work with the people that we work with. Our clients are incredible. Our colleagues are incredible. It's always about that team that we talk about. And I think my why for being in the business is truly the opportunity to work with and meet with and achieve goals with amazing people and to learn something different every single day. If that sounds like that's something for you, that's what this business is. Yeah. I think that just in the short time that I've been in this business that, you know, my phone is filled up with people that I am getting to meet, getting to speak with and, you know, go throughout these transactions or potentially get into transactions with these other realtors and with these other buyers. And, I think that you had you had said something, you know, about the money too, right? Let's not joke, you know, we all go to sure. work. We all go to work for the paycheck, but sure. you know, I just want some people to understand that I think there's a a, a miss a, a miss uh, nomer here that you know realtors are are really really wealthy people. <laughs> some, Maybe some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them are. There are really some powerhouse agents that have their processes down and they pump out transactions every year. But I just wanted to take a take a second and just say this fact here. It says your typical realtor has eight years of experience, which is the same as the last year. And so these stats come from the National Association of Realtors. They put out reports on a bunch of stuff. And it's public information. You can go and you can look it up. And they publish these reports. And these are highlights from that. It also says that realtors with 16 years or more experience had a median a median gross income of $85,000, up from $75,000 in 2020. So, I mean, $85,000 in some areas is a lot of money. Um, you know, in New York, it's average, I would say. But $85,000, that's what the median income is. So you're going to have some above that and some below that. 
And that's um, after years of experience. 16 years. Absolutely. People, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot of years to be working in a profession and then you're making that. It's a um, lot of time. It's a lot of yeah. effort. It's a lot of with itness. It's a lot of stick with itness. So, yeah. you know, I, I know a lot of agents will say, you know, my first couple of years, I made 1200 bucks. <laughs> and how did I have the um, persistence to continue and develop my business? It is your business. You hear realtors talk about that all the time, developing my business. We are independent contractors. We absorb the cost of running a business. Um, we might have our license um, parked under a particular broker and we might love that company. And maybe we go out and we become our own broker and we really become our own boss when we're really having our own brokerage. But I think that people don't understand the tenacity involved. Um, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. You might have that incredible sphere of influence and network. So you're going to leverage that and you're going to learn the business another way. Or like Josh, like myself, you had a background in real estate. So investment, property management, flipping houses and things like that. And then we had to learn the sales side of the business. So you can have your point of strength, but then you also are going to have to learn different things to support that business. And I think a lot of people think, well, we're working for a salary. No, we're not. No, not at all. Um, and so, you know, just don't don't cry for me, but just so that you understand, a lot of people don't, that... If you're an agent, um, if you're a buyer working with an agent, they're not going to pay it until that transaction is closed and over. Same thing with the sellers. Um, you Which know, is we how long? Hold on. I mean, I don't think this is, imp- <laughs> this is important because I don't think people really understand this is that people think that maybe we get paid immediately and it's okay. Really. So in New York, it takes 60 to 90 days to close the transaction. Mm-hmm. 45 if it goes smooth as silk, as Gavin has said before. Mm-hmm. So... We're working for the for a commission for a chunk of money that you know we do the work along the way, but we are not getting paid until sixty, ninety, one hundred twenty days after. Correct. And and of which could all fall apart. It is not done until the ink is dry on the paper. Right. And you still might be chasing a commission check after that. You know, we are the last to be paid. Um, Our reward during that transaction is the pleasure of your company and supporting you and the relationships we're developing. Um, And then the last thing, the afterthought. And then, and if you're in it for the right reasons, that is the reward truly. And then all of a sudden, oh, and I got paid. Again, not a woe is me moment. No, no. One, no one cry for us. Uh, you but know, be beca- realistic. Because if you if we do our jobs and you know and and market ourselves and be professional and and usher these transactions through, you know, you should be filling your pipeline so that you have a regular and steady flow of closings, which produces a regular and steady flow of income. And sometimes you have control over that and you have to do whatever you can to market yourself and design that. There's all sorts of, um, you know, if you come from education, we call it the enrollment funnels, um, things like that. Yep. If you've got a business head, even if you don't start studying it, how are you going to guarantee those transactions? There are some things you can control. And it's all about your sphere of influence, but you're also beholden to the market. What's going on there too? Speaking of sphere, sphere of influ- sphere of influence, I think it's important that people understand like where our business comes from. So it says, you know, this is another NAR fact: National Association of Realtors. Uh, realtors earn 16 percent of their business from repeat clients, Absolutely. which is why it's important for us to stay in communication with our past clients because word of mouth and and getting that recommendation from people is the most important thing because we can do all of the marketing in the world and it is incredibly expensive to market, to put ourselves out there. But if, if your aunt 
or your uncle says, I use this person, they were a champion for me, and they got it done. You know, this is, that's the best, that's the best advertising. That is the best marketing. There's no better marketing. So if we did it, you know, if we did it for you and we got it done and you were satisfied with that, we really, really think it's important and we really appreciate the words that you say to other people. Yeah, because it is that personal referral business that is the biggest compliment to you, the biggest booster in terms of, wow, I I, I am doing what I'm saying I'm going to do. I am a viable business. I am helping people. I'm achieving my personal mission by achieving others' mission. Um, There's no better compliment and there's no better business generation than those referrals and that repeat business. So I actually cut that, I cut that fact short on accident. So 16% through repeat clients, but it's 20% through referrals. Which is so incredible. That was the other half of that. Now, a lot of times you're going to hear, um, you know, questions of agents that are considering the business or folks have been around, you know, a plethora of different types of people curious about the business or interested about company generated leads. And so they exist, but you know, that's not really, if you're banking on that, if you're considering this business and if you think your company or your broker is going to supply you with all of your business and that's not a reality either. It's really about your sphere. It's really about your personal connections, the network you bring. A lot of the rest of it is trainable. So if you don't have a powerful sphere of influence, you know, we're talking friends, family, colleagues, fellow students, people you volunteer with, people you exercise with, people that you've, you know, met through a different organization, your past clients, your, your, your clients as relatives, et cetera. Everybody has a network and it goes exponentially, but you've really got to work on those people and you can pick up the phone and be in communication and say, do you know someone who is going to buy? Do you know someone that's going to sell, even if it's not them? That's where we generate our business. And it comes from, and it should come from sincerity and a genuine willingness to help. Absolutely. If you're in this, this field, <laughs> just all about the money and you think somebody's going to do something for you, I promise you, and Josh has heard me say this a million times, this business is intrinsically connected to the effort that you put into it. If you expect everything, and put nothing in, you can expect just that, that you won't have it back to you. You might get lucky a few times. You might get those um, organization um, generated referrals, things like that. You know, you kind of have to really not know what you're doing to not trip over something. But if you want to be viable, you want to plan, you want to predict, you want to be a real business person, and you do have to run this business like a business owner. You're not just a fly-by-night side hustle. You have to focus it and put it in laser perspective of what it's going to take take to be successful in this business, you've got to do it yourself. And no one's going to care. We'll use your words, Josh. No one's going to care more about your business than you. Yeah, absolutely. No one cares about your business. When you're in an entrepreneurial uh, field and mindset, no one cares about your business more than you. So you have to be the, the caretaker of that. You have to make sure that you're doing all the right things at all the right times. Um, because if not, you know, it has an adverse effect on, on your, you know, people, your income, you know, that's where it's going to hit you is your bottom line because people can see through your intentions Right. really is, is if you, you know, like Gavin said, if you're here for just the money and the paycheck and just it shows cash it to the bank, people can see the insincerity. People can see that you just don't care about them. You just care about closing the deal as quick as you can. You may not even, and it reflects in the best interests of the client too. 
you know, you may say, oh, well, yeah, we could do that, but this is going to move it along. Right. And there's nothing wrong with having your eye on the prize. Don't get me wrong. But then you could be in any business. Right. So I think you have to ask yourself why this business and, you know, so what am I up for? So let's talk a little bit about what kind of that day in the life is, Josh. What can people expect? Now, you ask any agent and their answer is going to be different. Yeah, you're going to get tons (laughs) of different answers. But really, you know, what we're doing is we're trying to, in a nutshell, we're meeting with buyers and sellers. Uh, on two different sides. And so you're either helping a buyer or you're helping a seller. And then what you're trying to do is connect the dots. Right. You're trying to connect the dots and facilitate a transaction. Yeah. So really that's three different sections, but I just want to dig into more with meeting the buyers, right? So we meet buyers. And I think is when you're first starting out, buyers are easier to deal with because there's, or easier to get because there's less involved with buyers. Buyers don't need to pay you to employ you to find their house. And it's easier because sellers, they're entrusting you with probably one of their biggest assets. And so you really need to know your stuff and get your, I'll call it a spiel. You need to get your spiel down about how you, and your confidence up. Right. You need to go into that, that buyer or that seller presentation and you need to say, this is what I do. This is what I can do. And we're going to get it done. Yeah. And to You've be able to earn their trust and respect Boy. and ability uh, and demonstrate that you're going to be a willing and successful collaborator. But it's hard to get there. It is difficult and you need some experience. When you're so first starting, that's Where for sure. you get that experience is you can start with the buyers. And so you pick up some buyers and you start finding them some homes. We will do buyer intakes, which is a whole process. Yeah. You know, it should be a whole process. Uh, if you're not in that process and you don't have a you know checklist or an A B C D, you know make sure you're hitting all those points with those with those buyers. We we want to make sure we understand what the buyers want mm-hmm. because that's we're managing the expectations. We're saying this is what you can expect of me and what I need to expect of you. It's a participatory process both on the buying and the selling side, and you need to hash that out and get that out on the table first go. So for all of that, Josh, you got to have your bag of tricks. <laughs> so I'm going to break this down a little bit from the human side of it, yeah. because this is one of my favorite things. So Josh talked about buyer intake. So this is like, yay, you found me somehow. You either found me on my website, my social media. One of my past clients referred you to me. Um, I just got another great, I had three referrals this week from past clients. So fortunate, so grateful. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm excited because then I get to meet these people. And so depending on what the availability um, is of that particular uh, customer that's going to be a client soon, um, we meet on the phone, we meet in person, and it's it doesn't have to be all formality. I am going to be talking, we're going to have a discussion, and I'm going to eke all of that information that Josh was just saying. What are your wants? What are your needs? What do you like? What are your goals? What's your time frame? But it's meant to get to know each other because we have to decide, buyers interviewing me just as much as yes. The agent is interviewing the buyer to know whether or not we're going to have a good working relationship. And so it's one discussion of many. And I always tell my clients, whether on the buy side or on the sell side, this is one of many discussions. And by the end of that first conversation where I've maybe scratched the surface for a buyer talking about, do you know what the loan process looks like? Let me talk to you about what I do and what I do for you. Understanding um, what that process is, how we look at homes, pre-qualification, all that. That usually takes about an hour to get through things. And I try not to overload it too, because Josh and I talk about this stuff all the time. It's our language. It's our world. But some people, especially first time home buyers, they're coming to us for advice. They're coming to us to dip the toe in per se. And so it's an opportunity to say at the end of that first conversation. So 
do you like me? Do you think this is something that's going to work? Do we, are we going to be able to work together? And I, I kind of sum that up when I say, you know, what are your thoughts? How do you feel? Where's your head at? Yep. You know, cause if they're, you know, I intend them to be a little overwhelmed. It, it is a little it bit is over, overwhelming. overwhelming to get that all out there because if you are intending to buy a house and we want to get there sometime soon, we need to get through this. Yeah. We need to get through this. We need to act with some sort of swiftness, purpose. We need to act with a purpose. And yeah. So how you- goal driven are we? What is the time frame? What is the urgency? Are we looky lose? Because if we're looky yes. lose, let's talk about it. Yep. But I think that also comes down to okay, this is our first meeting. This is great. How do we connect again? How do we follow up? What's the best way to communicate with me? So right. back to that kind of day in the life of the realtor. Um, I I I tell my clients that you can contact me via phone call. You can text me. You can email me. You can call me at the office. You can get a website. Um, and if I don't don't talk, get back to you right away. I will. And if I don't get back to you right away, Josh is laughing because I, I often it. say this. this. I'm either with a client, I'm sleeping or I'm dead. And I'll probably still get back to you if I'm dead because I'm still working I st- because your business is valuable to me. Your priorities are my priorities and I will get back to you. But I think we also have that conversation up front because we're human beings working with human beings to say, listen, it's not immediate gratification. I'm not somebody behind a computer, um, you know, manning a, a chat. I am a human being that has multiple clients at the same time plus a life, a busy life. And I'm scheduling these things out and I'm trying to meet everybody's needs. So I can't be everywhere at the same time in this moment, but I will get back to you. I think having conversations like that, the way you're going to communicate with people, when they can expect to hear from you, I think is important. I think setting up boundaries is important. I want to know as a client, when's a good time to connect with you? Is it a no-no to call you after nine o'clock at night or is it game on? I also try to put that out there too, because yes, I'm fitting in several different things and I too have a life. So I'm letting you know that typically you can reach me between nine and 7 PM. And probably even if I see your message and I can't get to it right away, I'm going to say, Hey, I see you, <laughs> but I can't get back to you until I get through appointments at seven 30 in the morning, which my first phone call today with a client was seven 30 in the morning. I'm willing to do whatever's necessary to meet the needs of my clients within reason. And I think you hit on something really good there is, is, is acknowledgement. Acknowledgement, not only for the forward-facing aspect of the business for our clients and customers, but also the back end with the agents and other people that you work with, your colleagues. Acknowledgement is really key in this business. Yes. When you get an email. Thank it, you for the message. I all, see you. And it can be as simple as received Thank you. Yes. But it's important. It's important because you need to be in, in, a, in a transaction that's very time-based. You need to make sure that your message has been delivered, that you get it. Yeah. Because if it hasn't, then you need to, you need to do something about that. Right. Because you could lose a deal. Yep. And it's, again, you hear us talk about this all the time, that it's about the team. Yes, you are our priority, but the relationships we have with our colleagues and the team members on a transaction, or even just in the process of looking for homes, that other listing agent, if we're not the listing agent, the lender, et cetera, those relationships are just as important as the one that's forward-facing with a client. And the value added to you uh, clients out there, your buyer or seller, is how your agent works with and collaborates and their personal connections with your team. Yep. That's a huge point of value. It's not just the relationship with you. It's those other relationships. Um, it's critical. So going back to the buyers, we, you know, we're, we're, we're intaking the buyers and we're setting expectations and then we're kind of getting into the criteria. And I found in this, again, this anecdot- anecdotally in my experience, I found that where people think they're hard and, f- hard and steadfast on some things, 
might not be as much as they think because you start throwing out things like, okay, so we found this, 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 and this, but it doesn't have as much land as you want. Well, I would consider that if it was within a half mile of the school district I want to be in. Sure. Cool. So like I said, it's, it's yet another conversation, right? It's the first conversation of many. It's all subject to change. It's, it's, taking up those cues. And, and as an agent, Josh, you kind of get that sense. The more time we're spending with you and we go through that process of looking at homes and all that, you know, I had a client say the other day, I, we got here and this wasn't the right fit. And I feel like I've wasted your time. No, because it's all part of the education. Now, if we knew that it was a cash only deal and you wouldn't have cash to spend, why the heck are we looking at the house? Yeah. However, I always tell my clients, this is part of the process and you've got to trust it to an extent that every time you're going to go to a showing, every time you go to an open house, every time you write an offer, if you don't get lucky that first one and we didn't execute, we didn't get you under contract. Um, these are all learning experiences that are related to the next experience you have. And so that relationship you have with us and us getting to know you, your wants, your desires, your habits, your family, do you have a pet? You know, we need to know things about you personally because then that's how we can find the best fit for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, past the criteria, we are going on to the, the offers, right? And you, we are coaching them on what makes good offers. Gavin, I heard you on a phone call today, and that's what you were doing. You were saying, look, this is how we may be able to have a shot at this home. Um, these are the things and these are the factors that uh, go into that. And there's a lot of it depends. Yes. There's a lot of it depends in this business because it's all you're dealing with. You're trying to hit the feelings of someone else. Yep. And so you have to land on that or close to be able to strike that strike a deal. It's coaching. And it's 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 always it's a lot of storytelling, I find, Josh. So the more experience you have in this business, and it's not just specifically real estate, I think some of the best agents have a background in another field. And it's the transferable skills, not only the network that they bring with it, but the transferable skills in business, communication, organization. Um, all of those things that make great agents. I get really excited. when. So when I was talking about diversity later or earlier in regards to the demographics of real estate agents, I include in that is what other fields do they have experience in and what else do they do? We also have agents that are dual career, triple career, you name it. They're doing more than one thing. Right. And so I think that's really, really important about those backgrounds and those skills. Um, and I think that that's where you find your flavor. There's a flavor for everybody. And so buyers and sellers, when you're talking to agents and you're learning more about them, what other skills do they have and what do you have in common and how are we going to make this deal go for? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the one of the last things we're doing with our buyers is we are prepping them for the longevity, the possible longevity of their home search. Sometimes it does not happen right away. We do not find that house and or we might make multiple offers. We have to prep them for those things because sometimes it's demoralizing and we've said it before <laughs> when we talk to buyers. It's demoralizing and we have to be able to take that on the chin, stand back up and keep going. There's a lot of houses out there and we will find Kinda. one. We w well, I mean... <laughs> Depends on the market. I know what you mean, though. Physical construction. There are a lot of homes. <laughs> there are homes The ones there. for sale or the ones available for the buying 
are far and few lately. And so we have to deal with that. We have to find a way to deal with that. We have to find a way to, you know, coach people through that. Right. Like Coaching is a great word because I like to be real. I'm, I'm, I'm the eternal optimist yeah. and you know, and that's some of the great feedback I get back from my clients and from my colleagues, et cetera, is that you're energizer bunny. You're always energetic. You're always cheerleading. You're doing that. That's me by nature. That's me. That's my flavor. It might not be everybody's, but I also am realistic. And so I kind of have to be the pin in the balloon sometimes too, and say, we don't have the crystal ball that Josh always talks about. So if you are interested in this home, it's likely that somebody else is. So let's, let's plan B through Z of what's going to happen. And we're going to put our best foot forward. I'm going to cheerlead all the way. I'm here for your moral support. I'm going to be communicative. And that's all while I'm juggling other clients, other transactions, dealing with listings, dealing with life and family, trying to get in the car. Oh, my car doesn't work now. Um, you know, there's all these things that happen and we have to put the best foot forward and best face forward that you don't even know what's going on behind the scenes. Right. That's a good agent that they're putting you first and the show must go on. Yeah. It's, and we have system, and we are developing systems. And if you're a good agent, you are developing systems to be able to keep this information straight so that we're not, the, you know, the next time we talk to you isn't always the first time Wait, we talk to you. Wait, who are you? What transaction are you talking yes, about? Wait, let yes, me get yes, my yes. file here. Okay, run. Because they should know. You should have this rapport now. Now everyone's going to be cozy and best friends. That's, it's a business transaction at the end of the day. And there are such things as boundaries. We all have to work on them. Right. Professional boundaries. It makes sense. But you should have a level of comfort. And we want that with you, too. We want to be able to call and say, hey, listen, I'm so sorry. I have to change our appointment later this afternoon. Are you understanding, are you human to human, can we work on this and work this through? When you know, like, and trust your agent because you've developed that rapport with them and I've expressed that and you've expressed that, we can do these things and work together. When we're so hard and fast and this is it, and it's, again, it's it's really personal development. So that's, I think, buyers in, in a nutshell and kind of explained a little bit in detail. There's a lot more that goes into it, but, you know, we're gonna have to touch, we'll touch on it throughout. We're gonna have to touch on it again and we're just gonna keep, keep touching on it as we go through these through these series because it's important and there's a lot there and it's just a lot of human interaction and understanding when you deal with buyers so you know buyers want a house and they're emotional in that sense but sellers also want to sell their house and that is also a really emotional process yes it is because when you own a home and you've spent some years there there's you've done things in that house, things have happened. You yep. had maybe have kids and raised children, and you have the height chart on the on the on the <laughs> trim the closet on the, the trim, trim of the yeah. wall, you know. And, and it's just that's a really emotional time when you say, "Well, I think a coat of paint would make this house really nice." And you say, oh, "Take I a have picture." To, <laughs> yep, take a picture, or you know. I think I've even heard of people just taking the, if you can replace it, right. take the trim with you. <laughs> That'd be cool. Pull the, pull the trim off and then replace it with a, with a, a similar piece if you can. You and know? <laughs> so again, human to human, we realize this isn't a museum. This is your home. If, you, if it's certainly an owner-occupied home, it's your home that you've been in there. Some of you are investors and you're just selling your investment property. Not that you're not attached to it either. You're attached to it because it, to you, it, it's value, it's a monetary value. But I think, you know, Josh touched on our onboarding process with buyers 
there's a similar process that I employ with sellers. So again, I might already know you. I might have known you for decades. You might be my relative. I'm Batavia related. When you've got 41st cousins, you've got a a heck of a sphere of influence around here. Yeah, I'm learning that. (laughs) Who don't you you know? Well, and that's just, again, that's why I always say the best agents um, have have a life that they they have these other connections and hobbies and and organizations are connected to and because again that's the value added to the client whether you're a buyer or seller hey i know a guy you know and i can i i have a contractor for you i have i know somebody that does that for you let me hook you up with so and so they you you end up developing a personal relationship that's far beyond the transaction I think when it's really comfortable and personal and yeah. that's, that's my ideal scenario when we're working with people, I think. Yeah. And, and I, so, so when we work with sellers and we go on what we call listing appointments, sure. these are folks that are saying, Hey, I, I, again, found you somehow. I found you or I someone found, gave me your name yeah. yep. or, um, I've seen your ad or, you know, et cetera. So this is a bit different, right? We go on there and we kind of do some pre-work. Yep. Always. We, you know, there's not a whole lot of, I don't believe so. There's a whole lot of pre-work that can be done in a buyer's appointment. But for a listing appointment, you already have the subject property, as we sometimes call it, of you know what we're dealing with. So you go up and you look that subject property up. And you go and you look some comp- comparables up. You know, we call them comps. And you go and kind of get a feeling of what that property value may be. You can get that somewhat from the facts, but we always... Always need to see the house. Always. Always and have need a to conversation see the house. with you because no one knows the house better than you. We need to see the inside. We need to see the fixtures. We need to see what what the quality of the inside of the home is. How have you maintained this home and how have you upgraded the home throughout the years that you've been living there? And how does that compare to the homes in your area? Yeah. And some people are going to be really number driven and they're going to want the document and they're going to say, I've got a number in mind. That's great. And so again, as agents, a day in the life, you, you have to approach that and come to that customer client where they're at. I love it when you have a conversation and you get to know the person and you learn more about, not through just talking about real estate per se, but having a person-to-person conversation about what's motivating them, what they've done. I had a, what Josh is talking about now, a listing appointment last night. I was there for two and a half hours. Now, that's not oh that's not my normal, but let me tell you, <laughs> it was awesome. We had a great time. It was a great conversation. You had to have had a great connection with them to stay that long. We had a great connection. Yeah, and it great. was it was, the time flew. It wasn't anybody looking at their watch. It was kind of like, oh my goodness. I'm sorry if I've overloaded you with a lot of information. No, no, no. Tell me more. Sometimes it can be a lot, right? You can just be like, you can tell the other <laughs> yeah, the people across over. the people across the table are from you are just like getting tired, and you yes. can say, you know, when people start to go. Right. And so you got to take the social cue, right? So again, there's where your agent's a psychologist. You're picking up on social cues. You've got to be in the moment and you can't just shove information down. You have to, it's, it's different for every client. It's different for every person, but this was such an amazing experience. And this is somebody that's preparing to sell their home. And we had to talk about the market, but then we started talking about what she's done in this house and it's incredible. And then we come to find out we have people in common. So we get talking about that. There's lots of branches off the discussion. And so at the end of the day, I hope by the end of a transaction with you that we're friends and family for right. sure. But if it's feeling like that already, um, again, it's about professional boundaries too, but this is the question that I ask at the end of the meeting. Do you think this is going to work? Do you think we can collaborate? Are you ready for another meeting? And if we both say, heck no, then you know, okay, but we gave it the old college try. If we're 
genuinely excited to be working with you and think, oh my God, I can't wait to help you and work with you and and and, and establish your goals and, and meet them for you. That's the sweet spot. And that's the pleasure. Now, like I said, I was there for two and a half hours. So my phone's blowing up. My other clients are like, where Leave in voicemail messages. Are Where are you? Are you really dead? Because you haven't gotten back to me yet. Yeah. Um, my husband's like, dinner's been ready. It's cold. So I'm rolling in the house about 8 o'clock last night, and I'm trying to uh, make up all my phone calls, at least text people that I think it's too late to call them and say, hey, I saw you. I'm sorry. I was just finishing appointments today. If it's not too late to call, I'll call you. If not, one's better. So that's why I had a 7.30 a.m. phone call this morning. Yeah. You know, but it's at least what I say, closing the loop. So maybe I wasn't able to get back to you right away, but it wasn't like I was ignoring you and I wasn't somewhere else partying and doing something. I was actually working and maybe sometimes I am at a party, but I will say that, Hey, I see you. Um, it's a little late right now. Can we connect another time? And yeah, I think absolutely. again, I'm respectful of your boundaries and what your life is going on in your life, but I know the urgency too. And so that's how we have to communicate. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, sell, sellers and, and when you go on a listing appointment, sometimes it turns into almost a negotiation with the seller because they have a number in their mind and you have the facts with, with you sometimes. And, you know, sometimes it's like, what do you think? You know, well, I think I'm thinking this and it's like, okay, uh, let's, let's talk about it. And are you right? prepared to have that conversation? Because Josh, what do you do when you're going to the listing appointment? Well, you have to, first of all, you have to be okay with confrontation in this business as well, because that's what it is. There's a lot of confrontation. It's not negative confrontation, but no. you have to not be scared of the people that are trying to hire you. And you answer can't, the tough questions. You cannot put your tail between your legs and be like, okay, Mr. Seller, or Mrs. Seller, I, <laughs> we'll do whatever you want. It's not going to work well. That's it's not, not going to end well. This is not why they hired you or want to hire you. This is not why they want to hire you. They want you for your guidance, your professional advice, and to get the deal done. Yeah. They, that's what they want for, from you. And just like children need that authority, you need to be that authority yeah. in those people's lives. And, and flexible. You, and authority, fle authority, but also flexibility, I think, is really key to it. Well, and I like, the, I like the phrase, I always like the phrase, fair but firm. Mm. You like to be fair, but you do want to be firm. Because if you, if you do have an expectation that it's just wildly outside of the realm that you think is possible and you would find yourself disappointed, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, yeah. that if you do this, it's not going to go very well. And I feel very strongly about this. And here is the data that supports that. And I please implore you to hear my words. <laughs> you know, it, it's if you, you need to be that person to kind of bring them back down to the realization that I was like, okay, you know, and again, sometimes people like, I will not accept less than this. So then okay. when I say that and I, and I understand that, and then sometimes you have to have the guts um, to say, then perhaps I'm not the agent for you. Yeah. So again, I think people interested in this business, those that are in the business and this is resonating with you, you've, because you're both going to be disappointed. And so agents put a lot of time and energy. We all do. We all work very hard, no matter what your career path is or what your, your, um, sector is. But you know, uh, the thing you got to learn as a real estate agent is you don't want to be in a wild goose chase 24 seven either. And so you don't want to disappoint your client, but you don't have the time to afford to take another, another client that the collaboration is working really well. So you can't give all that attention somewhere else where it's not going to work. You know, you, you need to allocate your time and energy and resources well. And so sometimes you have to have the courage 
to say, I really appreciate your time. I, I thought that this was going to be a great working relationship. I, perhaps I'm not the best agent for you. I've had and, to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and have that discussion. Or I really want to work with you and I know you want to work with me, but you know what? Then are you prepared to be a little disappointed and a little patient? Because this is what this is going to look like. And in the interim, I'm juggling all these other balls here. So leading up to that appointment, yes, we've had the conversation. You've told me up front what your number is. I've done my homework. I've done a, a, you know, a pre-CMA or a neighborhood report. Then I saw the um, the home in person, we discuss things and I keep looking at that, um, CMA and looking at comparables up into the listing point and you do all that work. And then it also can be that somebody calls you and says, you know what? I don't want to list anymore. And you've put all that time and effort into that. And we're talking hours guys. And it happens, you know, so you've got to be ready for that. All the time and effort you did. And some people just don't understand that. And they're like, well, I'm a business person. This is how it is. It's okay. It's how you handle it and how you're going to turn that into business for the future. Yep. Or somebody says, I'm really sorry. I just realized that I have somebody else in the family that's a realtor and I really have to work with them now. Well, you know, and it's somewhat disappointing when you don't, you know, maybe you can't come to an agreement to list a home, but what you just did is you kind of gave yourself an education in that area. If you didn't know, you know, you found a home and you went into this house. So you got to see a house in maybe an area that you've not served right now. Right. And so you've learned a little bit about that area. You've looked a little bit and what that serves you is if you get another opportunity in that area, you've already kind of had the pre-work done. Yeah. You know, and you can use that and, and kind of springboard off of that and say, Hey, look, I've already been in this area last week. I got some data on this area and here's what it is. Here's where you go. Maybe the next one goes a little bit better for yeah. you. It's, it's never a wasted opportunity. I think as part of your arsenal and your tool set and your skill development, when you've got hits and misses, I think people have to understand that's not, and, and even when you go under contract, it's not over till it's over. So I think people have to understand it's a huge time commitment. The day in the life, the real, is is balancing and prioritizing that long list of priorities. Everyone's a priority for sure. Yeah. But what makes sense? How do we attack that? While picking up the phone, while getting back to you, answering emails, doing your marketing, doing your social media, doing the trainings that your brokerage said you had to, racing to a listing appointment in Buffalo, getting back in the evening to go see a showing in Rochester, and then not making your family angry because you're late for dinner. <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. I've gotten in trouble sometimes, you know, Yeah, <laughs> for being late. <laughs> but, but you learn that. And so, you know, I think um, sellers and buyers, when you're, you know, enlisting a, an agent and understanding what they're going through, again, it's I'm not asking you to feel bad for us, but to understand that we are in business. And so we have to prioritize too. And so you've got to find that fit that's going to work for you. It happens all the time when, you know, you've, you're working with a buyer client and if they didn't buy, if they didn't sign the buyer agreement, with you and they're there they're not attached to you they didn't know they went to an open house and the agent said I had to put an offering right away and I'm so sorry I've been working with you for 18 months but now this business went here and you're out of the deal yeah is it disappointing yes it is look at the time and effort we put in so now we're at a negative we didn't earn any money in that so of course human nature would say that you're disappointed but I always say there's your strongest opportunity for learning and development and if it happens to you once It'll never happen to you again. Yeah. And so I think going back to sellers, what I think, you know, once you get past the whole expectations and maybe we're getting closer to the whole, let's do this, you know, let's move forward. I think the one of the last things I do when I'm getting ready to prep a listing is we're going to explain the different stages of a listing and, and what they mean and go through 
being on the other side of an offer because maybe you've bought a house, but you've never sold a house. And so you are saying, hey, we're going to put all this listing information together. I'm going to get this in the MLS. And then this is what's going to happen. This is weeks two, one through four. And hopefully within the first maybe four to six weeks, we will be able to get under contract depending on what the market is at that time. And so you're, you're outlining that process so that, again, you're managing expectations of your sellers so that when something is confusing to them, you're going to be like, they're not going to say, hey, what is going on here? Right. You know, and they kind of, hey, they we should already, know where they are in the we process. We already talked about this. We're, we've, we're listing. We're in our first week. We've got some offers. We're taking them as we come. You know, I presented you with three offers. We've maybe not liked them so much. We don't know. You know, okay, maybe we'll accept, we'll accept this one. This is okay. Change the right. marketing plan or find an offer that you can work with. And you're, you are available. You're, what time can we meet? You can't meet till six o'clock. Great. I'll be there. I've yep. got to change my schedule. I've got to switch that. And it's not that simple guys. You, oh, I, hired them to list my house. We didn't just put a sign up. We coordinated, who's your attorney? We've got that. Do you have an abstract? Do you have any documents related to this? Yes. We're collecting artifacts and documents that are going to help the listing. We are coordinating photography. <laughs> we are helping you and we're counseling on staging. We are, in some cases, helping you pack up and move and put things and do things. Uh, we are mowing the lawn. We are cleaning the house sometimes. Sometimes, although you know, it's not in our contract, but so, we do. But we're going above and beyond to help you. That Those things take time. And you're one client we're working with, and we have several. So all those conversations from the pre-listing meeting to the first time you had a conversation to the, you come back later with a CMA, now let's discuss numbers and get there. Now let's discuss our time frame. We're probably five to 10 hours into that transaction. It hasn't even sure. begun yet. And you haven't even signed a contract yet. And so I think people need to understand that process that's involved. And we know that you're shopping for different agents, too, and seeing what their approach is. But we have to fit that time into our regular day amongst different clients. And I always tell people that's the fun part. That's the pregame, right? Because once we're under contract, whether you're a buyer or you're a seller, in this case, what we're talking about sellers, that's where the fun begins. And then we're really in overtime. I think one thing to say to sellers out there or someone who's potentially listing their house is that one thing, and I've lost listings because of this, is that, and I always say, be careful. Someone will tell you what you want to hear. And what I mean by that is if you have a number in your head to list your home and you maybe I say 180 and you think 200 or 220, you know, and that and that agent comes in and says, yeah, we can list it 220. <laughs> Obviously, you're going to it's just because you listed 220 doesn't mean you're going to sell it 220. And I want to see I would encourage sellers. And this is just a little thing is ask to see the data. Ask to see the data of what com what houses of comparable size to yours actually sold for. There's not listed for, actually right. sold for, because you can ask for whatever you want. It doesn't mean you're going to get that. And people and, and buyers know this too, because we're also working with buyers and we're saying, hey, nah, that's. I think that's right. too, I think that's too much. So really, you know, before someone promises you the world and you sign a contract with that person. Because once you sign a contract with that person, you know, sometimes contract listings are six months in, in, in length. And so you have to ride that out for six months. The, the market can change and maybe it goes up or down. Who knows? And so you find out that this, this agent is not going to be able to sell my house for 220 and again, it could be that that person really putting their best effort out there, out there and all of a sudden the market has changed. Yeah. Okay. But that's, it's, it's the ability for the agent to have the tough conversations and, and hold their own and say, listen, 
I don't think it's going to sell at that. So if I lose this listing opportunity, of course, I want your business. Of course, I want to work with you. But if we're both going to be frustrated, good luck to you. And I hope I see you again. And then sometimes we're a little gratified on the other end when we see that the listing is still sitting there and there's maybe been a couple price reductions. But, you know, I, I choose and to, to steal hustle humbly. I choose community over competition. I think if we all help each other more, um, it makes our business and our community that much much better. Um, And so it's a collaborative thing. Again, you'll hear me say it 8 million times, not just agent to client, but agent to agent and within the whole sphere of the business. Um, But yeah, so, but then in time is money, right? So you're also coaching people along the way saying, listen, if if you went at this list price and then we had a couple price reductions, you're paying for taxes, utilities, insurance, et cetera, along the way. Would you have netted the same amount six months ago if we had listed that appropriately where I was, sometimes you have that little gratifying moment of, I told you so. But you know what? That's how it goes in this business, especially when we are in a changing market. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, another thing we do is a big part of our job is facilitating the transactions. We are making, Huge. making We're sure. We're project managers. We are making We're your quarterback. Sure. We yep. got to get in the end zone. So when people say things to you like, well, I gave them that lead or they had a referral or that's their Aunt Judy's house, you know, it like... Oh, well, listen, somebody can give me that ball, but I've got to get it in the end zone. Yeah, we got to drive that. We got to drive that to the closing table and we got to make sure that that happens. And there's a lot of steps that go into that. There's Us. there's there's appraisals, there's inspections, there's addendums, there's paperwork and signatures, there's attorneys. And timeliness. Timeliness of all of these things, because people it outlines in the contract what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to complete a home inspection within five days unless otherwise specified. You're supposed to So you were gonna go on for, vacation during that time? Guess yeah, what? No. You aren't now. So well, your you, agent has to rearrange their schedule. You can, but find somebody to get this done. <laughs> find somebody to get this done because you know you don't need to normally you don't need to be present for the home inspection. It's advisable to be present for I'm it. I'm always present as much as one can be if, yes. there, if there's something that really is earth shattering or you're physically not there, et cetera. But I'm trying to demonstrate to our public here too that your agents bend over backwards to accommodate a schedule, that your schedule and your priorities, and so they often cancel personal things and do things for you, day in the life of a realtor, yeah. to make these things work because the transaction hinges on it. They're time sensitive. Uh, we can't just wait wait till next week. We can't wait till Sarah's back. We can't do these things. We have to do that and we have to drive it. So sometimes you might be a little frustrated because you're like, well, boy, they're being really aggressive. No better compliment to me because I'm driving this transaction home. Where I don't want to find myself on the other end of is a lawyer sending me a letter to say, hey, you are, oh, no, what well, that too. That, oh my gosh. No <laughs> you didn't likes, shake your tail feather. No so one, No one yeah. likes that, but I don't want to find myself on the other end of a letter saying, hey, you have contractually waived your home inspection period because you did not execute that in the time that was specified in the contract. Oh my goodness, no. What? That's a huge, that is a huge part of the transaction for a buyer and you need to get that done and we're coaching so while we're you know we're spending a lot of time with you prior to that um offer before it's even accepted but we're we're running all those scenarios through because i i tell people get your calendar out if we're gonna put an offer in this house do the math once if it's if it's accepted (laughs) look at your calendar so are you available is the inspector available am i available i mark it on my calendar right away i am always 10 steps ahead as much as one can be because again what did i say at the beginning of the episode we plan the universe laughs well yeah but 
that's what it takes. We have to be an organizer. We have to be a scheduler. We have to be an event coordinator. That's something that your agent does that maybe you don't see all the time. So when we're really grilling you about your availability and uh, are you working until five that day? Can you get time off? Do we have to work around your schedule? Can mom come for you instead? Do you have to be there or does your can your spouse be there? We are grilling you on those questions. You might think we're getting really in there, but it's because we have to coordinate this and that's our job. And it's important and it's that's what you've hired us to do. You've hired us to drive the transaction to the finish line and get you to your goal. Your goals are our priorities. And then that's what we need to do. Yep. And so if you've told us this stuff, unless we've had a different discussion and you say, Hey, things have changed. I am going to execute that yep. to the best of my abilities, whether I'm going to take you kicking and screaming or not. <laughs> <laughs> and until you say, I absolutely do not want to do this. Right. Uh, And you're the boss. Here we go. Right. You are the boss, but you've hired me. Yes. And so. I'm going to do my job. I am doing my job. Yes. And I will not, I do not want you to say at the end that I fell short. Right. I really want to work hard for you. I really want to knock this out of the park because it's important to me. That's right. You are important to me as a client. And I really want to show and demonstrate that to you. And if plan A doesn't work. Plan B through Z will be executed. And I'm going to run all those scenarios by you. And I'm going to bend over backwards to know about what your schedule is. You can't do that because the kids play that night. No, you have a dinner commitment. You've got to work. You're going to be out of town. Okay. We've got to be upfront and factual about all those things because we're going to have to coordinate with, remember, we always talk about that team of people to make this work. If that home inspector is not available, then we have to find somebody else. And so your agent jumps into action, gets the person and does it. That's what we do. We're always priming people and having them on deck and at bat. And we're making sure that we can get this done in a timely manner. And if we can't, we need to find the people that can because we have the people that we like to work with and they they do well for us. But if not, they'll let us know and they understand that as well. We need to get this transaction to the closing table. And so that's a huge part of our jobs is facilitating those transactions. Um, I also want to, you know, kind of, there's a, a... what am I thinking of? Not a synonym. Uh, acronym? Acronym. That's yeah. right. An acronym. Yes. There's an acronym. That when, <laughs> when we go When we go through our licensing, and it's called Old Car, and that's what we owe our clients. And just to tell you, it's obedience, loyalty, disclosure, confidentiality, accountability, and reasonable care and diligence. And we are held to those standards. Yes. It's how we've earned a license. We are licensed professionals. We have a strict code of ethics by which we have to abide. We have fair housing standards. No, Not every schmo can show up and sell a house and do all of that. You've got somebody that has taken an oath, has earned their licensure, continues to do continuing education, which, by the way, we have to do that every other year to renew our license. Mm-hmm. It's not a one and done thing. We keep doing that in the industry changes and we keep learning that. And we owe that obedience and that loyalty, et cetera, to our clients. And we work hard and we earn it. Yeah. And so it's really important and, you know, legally, but it's also really important business wise as we're developing our business to, to adhere to that, because that's really, if you follow this, this is what's going to get you more business. Yep. You're, you're going to adhere, you're going to give your folks that you're going to give your people that And then in turn, what you hope is that they will give you the business. Sincerity, integrity, quality, diligence, timeliness, genuine care for your client's best interest. And I think one last thing as we start to wrap up here is is in, in New York State, we are a what's called a fiduciary. 
We're a fiduciary to our clients. This is huge. And this is the legal obligation of us to do what is in your best interest, even if it is to our detriment. Even if it is to our detriment. And detriment, I mean paycheck. Financial detriment. Yeah. If, if, if oh my goodness, I'm not going to get paid, but my this, client's okay. If this costs us money, we need to do that because it's we owe that to you. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what you should be thinking about. If you're interested in the business and you're thinking about it, if you're a longtime veteran, I hope you're nodding your head throughout the um, what we've scratched the surface on today. Um, I am proud to be a realtor. I have definitely found my calling. I love working with the people I get to work with every single day. It's a pleasure and it's a privilege. And if it's not that for you, um, and you're not self-motivated and you're not going to run your own business and, you know, then maybe this isn't the field for you. Which is okay. And that's okay. But I hope we've shed some light on for clients and for the our audience at large, et cetera, of kind of what it takes and what our motivation is to help you and why we're licensed. Um, I'd still like to go through a day in the life of, you know, I started at 5 a.m. and I did this and whatever. And you run ragged. We all have those stories. Yeah. We all work really hard. But I think it becomes apparent when you're getting to know agents and realtors, et cetera, of who's in it for the right reasons. And that's who you want to align yourself and that's who you want to work with. I think it's, this is a largely, this is a very fun business. Oh, it's if, super if fun. You, it's fast paced. If you operate on, on that wavelength, it's yes. very fun, sometimes frustrating. Entrepreneurial. But you have to be able to be larger than that and you have to have broad shoulders. And sometimes oh, yeah. you can be no uh, in, you can be in the micro angry, you know. So the, in the day to day, you can be angry and frustrated. But then when you look back at it, you can kind of laugh and chuckle because you're like, oh, that person that you really got me there. Yeah, you know. And you're gonna see each other again in another transaction. You laugh about you're it, say, right? Dang, you know, because sometimes <laughs> sometimes we don't like to do what we're being told to do. Right but it's in our client's best interest. Absolutely. You and see so, the memes out there. You see the people. Uh, it's like the Barbie doll that's right out of the box. It's like, when I started, day one, when I started working with a buyer, <laughs> and then two years later, it's Barbie with mascara down to her neck and her hair's all out of whack and everything. And this is day 180, you know. Um, it's funny, and we have a lot of realtor humor amongst us, and so it's those moments of levity um, that keep us going. But all of the negativity or all of the adversity or any challenges that you may have had, we all wake up one day with a flat tire in the car and this is the way our day is going to go. But when we can look back and we're so gratified because that first time home buyer killed it, did everything they could, they're closed, they're in their house and they're thrilled. It makes everything worth it. And yeah. it's the most gratifying feeling in the world. Helping other folks crush their goals is amazing. It is. Being able to play a part in that for me, it personally is awesome. I love to help people where they may not know how to help themselves. It's true. And always <sighs> having that perspective and, and learning as much from our clients that they are hopefully learning from us. I think that's another really important point and gratifying gratifying opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is a little bit of what it's like to be a realtor. I hope we haven't scared a whole bunch of people off. No. In fact, <laughs> if you're interested about the, um, about the business, whether you're in the business now, returning to the business or, you know, just giving it some thought, 
reach out to Josh or I or anyone in our brokerage anytime. We're more than happy to have a discussion. I, um, like I said, and Josh mentioned, I'm a mentor, so I love helping um, agents. Um, they don't have to be new to the business. Um, I always offer up the opportunities to shadow me, come see what I'm doing uh, as much as one can when it makes sense to. Um, I think it's a really valuable thing that we do. It's a people-centric business. So if you've got questions, if you want some experience, if you want to come check it out, give us a buzz. Come see us in our office. We'd love to talk to, talk to you and chat about it. Yeah, reach out to us on, on media. You know, our social media, Gavin knows it. What is it? It's Get Real. Get Real Estate. Get Real Estate, in parentheses, podcast. Yeah. Um, at gmail.com is our email. Uh, the same, Get Real Estate Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I got to get a TikTok going. I haven't gotten there yet, but I will. We'll we'll get there. Um, But reach out to us and reach out on our our personal social media channels as well. We're more than happy to help you connect with another agent, connect with our branch director. Um, It's an exciting, exciting field. And again, I I will steal this from Hustle Humbly. One of my favorite real estate podcasts is Community Over Competition. The more we're helping each other and collaborating and helping our clients and helping each other, the better a community we develop. Absolutely. Well, that's all we have for today. So I hope this was enjoyable for you. Um, Again, be sure to reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Give us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps us reach more people. Uh, We really want this to be a a longstanding thing that we do. Absolutely. Uh, We want to help as many people as we can, and we want to extend our reach as far as we can. And speaking about a day in the life of a realtor, happy birthday, Josh. I'm sure you have plans. If you ran into the office today, you were on calls with clients. We ran over here. We set up a podcast. You brand, you learned brand new equipment. We got it going. We recorded. Now we're going to run back to the office, deal with more clients, but I hope you're going off to celebrate. Again, perfect day in the life of a realtor of packing it all in. My wife and kids have planned something really special for me tonight. And really, we get to, you know, I get to spend time with friends and family. So it's really, it's going to be an enjoyable day. I hope you enjoy that. I hope you put your phone on silent for maybe an hour or two, and I promise I won't bug you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We hope to see you next time. We're going to be doing this a lot more, so to be sure to leave us a review and a rating as it lets us reach more people and lets us know how we're doing. We hope you're doing well. Cheers until next time.